0: And snow my name is heather i'm here today with my co-host shana hello hello and our guest today we have two special guests today we have Lindsay and tori and they are a very special guests because they run our new podcast home which is lamb i don't know if you want to say a little something for Shayna, or shall we go to Lindsay and Tori, to tell us all about this space. Well, I have two things that I want to say before we let
1: you guys take over and tell us how amazing (laughs) this space actually is. It's so hard, you know, when you're doing an audio thing to be like, you should see this space. You need to come to this space. This space will just, like, rock your world. But the other thing is that... We've had a husband and wife, but we've never had sisters. That's and these true. two are sisters. A okay, but like you mean it.
0: on the podcast, not in our personal lives. I've never what? had <laughs> sisters. I don't I have a sister a, either. I only have a husband, not a husband and a wife. So,
1: <laughs> <laughs> No, but I mean, we've never interviewed relatives <laughs> on the podcast in a dual sense so we're gonna get like two wonderful things here we're gonna say thank you very much for being our sponsors and giving us a home You and we're gonna let you guys tell about what lamb is but also second of all like i want to hear the crazy story of how two sisters ended up in stockholm because that's
0: very rare to have i mean it happens I've, i've met some people who have relatives that end up they come together or one follows after the other but, but there's a big gap here, happen. right? A
2: so huge gap. A I lot can, of time. I can tell you that it is the result of a very diligent 13-year campaign on my part to yep. get her here. Yep, it Love worked. It. I, oh, yeah, I played the, right. <laughs> played the long game. She played the long game. Right. <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly. <laughs> you didn't tell her about the winter's dishes. Shh. <laughs> the jig Winter is up. Down for
3: herself. <laughs> I have
1: been here for a year. The jig is up. I know what I signed up for. Ah, okay. <laughs> so yeah so why don't you guys tell us okay first of all where are we what is lamb
2: so lamb is a co-working space and a concept space in the middle of stockholm and the whole idea behind Lam is that life is just too damn short for work to work ex- against us and that is the reality of most of our workspaces and so what we did was we set out to build a workspace that's actually fit for human beings that is actually built to meet the, the very basic physiological and biological needs that we all share, that we all need to take care of during the workday, But for some reason, it has become so difficult to do that in our workplaces. And so we have purpose-built a space that is built around humans and to give them what they need to thrive during the work day so that they can perform their best and so that they can feel their best. So I have a practical question for you. Ask me anything.
1: So you've been here for how many years now?
2: We are coming up on our two-year anniversary. How many years
1: mm-hmm. have you been here? Which we're going to get into this part of the story, ah, too.
2: Ah, okay. I have been here for just
0: over 13 years. And Okay, p- but you're talking about Sweden now. I'm talking we're, about Sweden. We're shifting we're gears. We're shifting gears. But I'm there's not, there's two parts of the okay. story into
1: this. Because you've been here for 13 years. We're going to get into
2: that part of the story.
1: But you are an immigrant in Sweden who has launched a successful business. I want to hear that story. Like. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it was a very long and windy road, I can tell you that. I mean, the, the, I guess the short story is that I got a bug in my head in the summer of 2019 about a version of Lamb that would tackle this issue because of my own personal experience. Yeah. And then over the next few months, it started to take shape and, and started to sort of put together the pieces of what this was actually going to be. To be honest with you, I think that in a lot of ways, there's no better place to start a business than Sweden. The amount of resources that are at your disposal to help you and guide you along the way are pretty tremendous. Like One of them that comes to mind is Almi, Mm -hmm. which, I mean, shocked my American brain. (laughs) There is actually a state-funded organization whose only mission is to help Founders, first-time founders, underrepresented founders get access to the resources and the funds that they need to start a business. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, <laughs> what? So they were a huge help in our journey. Um, I had built up quite a strong network, having worked as a consultant for many years for, for big companies, and that helped a lot. I think I would never have been able to do this if I hadn't already spent a decade in Sweden. Because Sweden, as I'm sure you guys know, is, and Stockholm in particular, is a very insular place mm-hmm. where you really have to know people and you have to know the right mm-hmm. people to get anything done.
0: I don't think it's just that, it's it's also that you really have to understand the culture and, and the work culture and how people operate. Yeah. yeah, to
1: understand where things live and how they live. But I, I mean, I, you and I have spoken about this. I'm pointing to your sister now. Um, like Sweden, and you and I have said this all the time, like Sweden's like the mafia. You need to know someone, marry someone, or murder someone. But once you're in, you're in. A hundred percent! Right? <laughs> <laughs> I talk then about they've this got on the got podcast all the time, right? Then
2: you've got people coming out of the woodwork exactly. to help you out.
1: Exactly. But you know when you have those moments where you sort of like, you've, you've unlocked like a secret door like Almi, mm. right? You've unlocked the secret door, and all of a sudden you're like, "Oh wow, this exists!" And then you fall down that rabbit hole mm. of like, "There's this, there's this, there's this." Like, there's so many incredible resources in this country that if you know how to ask for them mm. and get access to them. Yeah.
0: Tori, I'd like to hear your favorite parts of Lamb. Oh, <laughs> I am. I'm one of those people that it, it's funny.
3: Before making this transition here to Sweden, I lived a very similar life for about 14 years. I worked for the same company my entire professional life. Um, and I grew up in that company. I mean, I took on so many different challenges and uh, put together a whole international arm of our business and um, traveled the world being able to do that work. But I I lived sort of like this very small life and I worked for the same company that um, as much as I loved my job, it was not serving me terribly well. Like we had no Mm -hmm. boundaries whatsoever. So when I talk about Lamb, I always talk about the fact that I'm one of those people that I every day have to fight about 14 years Of set instincts and habits when it comes to the way I work. So the thing that I love about LAM is how it's changed the way I approach my work and the fact that I get these little nudges and these little cues throughout the day to select something that's a little bit different than my typical habit. So the other day I literally was sitting there just like doing my work and we had a workout class that was booked in the gym and there was a spot available and you know know what I'm gonna go move my body a little bit. It was right there, easily accessible, you hit a button and you're able to do something that's a little bit different. And the rest of my day felt really great. And it's those like tiny little steps that become tiny little wins that when you look back over the course of a year, it feels pretty big.
2: Yeah, we have a lot of stuff going on here and all of it is all, all the different aspects of it. They're all tools that you can use yeah. in order yeah. to to. Um, figure out what helps you feel well and healthy and balanced and whatever it is that you need during your day. Because the truth is we all share these common needs, but when we need it and how we need it and what it looks like is different for everybody. So we we have sort of part of our standard offering is we have these retreat rooms. There's three of them. They're called Earth, Wind, and Fire because when you start a business, you can make stuff up. <laughs> right. um, and they all have like day beds and iPads and you can do guided meditation or you can listen to binaural beats or you can just take an app, which we encourage people to do. We also have a free gym where you can stream classes and you can do workouts. And then we have this kind of insane class schedule, but we we host about 20 to 30 classes every month. And it's everything from stuff that will help you sort of rebalance and and sort of in the mindfulness spectrum. So it's meditations, it's yoga, it's sound healing. We have exercise classes. We do a lot of express lunch classes because that's when people really have time to work out. So they're always a half an hour. You get a good workout in, shower, change, get back to work so it doesn't interrupt your work day. Um, And then we also do a lot of sort of creative classes. So we do calligraphy and watercolor and, and ceramics.
1: I'm going to join the calligraphy one. Just Good. Yeah. You should. Yeah.
2: And then we also have sort of what we would refer to as like leveling up classes. Like, okay, how do I turn procrastination into focus? Yeah. How do I set healthy boundaries? How do I communicate in a healthy way? So all these different tools, they sort of all come together and allow you to learn how to do things differently for yourself and figure out and experiment with a way that your workday feels more sustainable for you, where you actually have energy at the end of the day. I was born, and raised in Philadelphia, as was Tori. Yes,
0: you uh, didn't say it correctly. You know, and I noticed that you're very careful about West Philadelphia. West. Born and <laughs> oh, Don't. I, West, I, yeah. I will start
3: rapping. It's a thing. Yeah,
2: oh. I'll start
1: rapping too. I Don't have start zero cred. <laughs> anyway, we
2: bl- we grew up in a town called Collegeville, so outside Philadelphia, outside <laughs> Philadelphia. Yeah, born and West 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 <laughs> Philadelphia. <laughs> And I got out of there when I was 18. Graduated from high school, peace, I'm out, <laughs> never coming back. There was something about, I, I never felt okay there. I never felt like I fit in. I never felt like it was for me. And you know you make it work when you're a teenager and stuff, because you're like, well, this is my this is my life. And as soon as I had the choice, I got out of there. And then I bounced around a lot. I Between the ages of 18 and 20, Five. That's when I moved abroad.
1: What was the first country? Uh,
2: the first country was London. Okay. So I, I bounced around in college. I went, I went to university first year in Washington, D.C., then regrettably to Columbus, Ohio. I was a big football fan, and <laughs> they had a really good football team, and I was like, and a J school. Oh, yeah. I was a journalist uh-huh, before okay. I moved to Sweden. So, so I went to journalism school there. And then I did a a year in London. And in my my second half, the second semester that I was there, I had an internship in London with the Associated Press. And that for me was just, that changed everything. When I, I came back, I graduated. And then I did the second thing that everybody tells you that you can't do, especially if you want to be a journalist. Even the formerly great Brian Williams, who used to be one of the evening news anchors. And I, I like loved Brian Williams. Yeah. And, and one summer, you and I were both on Nantucket. Yes, we were. The summer before my senior year of college, and we were waiting tables at the Nantucket Golf Club. We had a great time that summer. I mean, Nantucket is a fantastic place to be when you're 21 years old and don't have don't a care in the world. Don't care about <laughs> saving any money and just want to have a good time. So it was a super swanky place. What was, who was the NBC guy? What's his name? Bob Welch. He was the you know, the former CEO of GE and everything. Okay, yeah. So he used to have uh, I just
3: remember Mark Wahlberg and Liv Tyler.
1: That's <gasps> it. That's what I remember. Yeah. Okay. Oh I have so many
2: questions. Yeah, but we're to <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> yeah. And and he used to bring all these celebrities. So Brian Williams shows up. Lindsay can keep it cool in a
3: lot of cases. She did not keep it cool. No, I spilled
2: Diet Coke all over the table because I was so oh, nervous. No. And at the end of it I asked him for one piece of advice. I was like, Mr. Williams, I am such a fan. I just have to ask you. I'm an aspiring journalist. What career advice would you give me? And he said, I'm glad you asked me that because a lot of people make this mistake. I think you should start in a small market, go somewhere Midwest, you know, Iowa, Nebraska, somewhere like that. And I was like, Thank you so much, Mr. Williams. I really appreciate that advice. So I graduated from university and I moved straight to New York City. <laughs> <laughs> but one thing led to another, and I ended up um, meeting an old friend. And my dream, like, f- since London, had been to work for the Associated Press. So she, I met her for drinks, and we were chit-chatting and everything. And, and she, we, were, we were talking, and AP came up. And she was like, oh, you know my dad. He's the vice president. And I ended up getting a job as an administrative assistant on the international desk. Nice. And it just went on like that. And I ended up gaining a lot of this experience. And I decided that I, I wanted a real journalism job. And it was a whole big nine month process. I was going to Sydney, I was going to Mexico City, it got pulled back, all this stuff. And then finally it was Bangkok. And I packed my bags and I said goodbye to all my friends and I moved to Bangkok. I was, finally had a real journalism job. I was editor on the Asia Pacific desk. And it was amazing. Like I had the best time, like I loved it. And it was hard living in Bangkok and it was difficult adjusting to the culture shock and everything. And I was there for about eight or nine months. Like I moved in July of 2008. And in February 2009, I had all these girlfriends who they were all working for NGOs and they were Americans and they were only doing these like six month stints in in Bangkok. So we all book our flights and we're like girls weekend in Hong Kong and we're so excited. So we go to Hong Kong and... Like half of the girls are totally man crazy. The second night we were there, I was with a man crazy friend of mine, and we went out. The other ones were like, we can't. The night before was too crazy, we can't go out. And and me and my friend were like, come on, we're gonna go out. And the night was just a total bust. It was terrible. At three o'clock in the morning, we were both ready to go home. So we're walking down the stairs. All of a sudden, she elbows me. She goes, look, there. That guy is cute. <laughs> and I was like, I'm tired. My feet hurt. I do not want to talk to anybody. No. And she goes up to that guy. And he's standing around with a group of friends. And I was like, Hi, I'm Lindsay. And I started talking to a guy. And that guy is my husband. <laughs> so he was
1: he's a Swedish. So Kong. he was
2: studying in Macau yeah. for a semester. Yeah. And he and his guy friends had gone to Hong Kong. And I don't know. We just We just hit it off. And I was staying in Hong Kong for a couple extra days by myself. And we decided we were going to hang out. And I mean, I just never felt like that about anybody in my whole life. We dated long distance for like four months. He would come to Bangkok. I would go to, I would, actually, I would go to Macau. Then we would meet places. And then the summer, so this was February when we met. And then the summer, like, I got to go back to Sweden. And I was like, okay, I'll come with you. And now we've been together for... Fourteen years in a week. Wow! Mm-hmm. One in one week, we will celebrate fourteen years together.
1: Fourteen wow. years, right. and we have a
2: four-year-old or five-year-old daughter, and we run lamp together with Tori.
0: All right, and then you roped Tori into and then coming. And I roped Tori into <laughs> <That's>
2: coming. <right.
3: laughs> you know, Lindsay has always been the the butterfly uh, the butterfly that flies off into the world, and I will never forget the series of calls that we received when <laughs> it like came to this period of time in her life, right? Like we would get the call like, guys, I'm going to London for a year. No, OK, that sounds, yeah, sure, do it, absolutely. Oh, I'm coming back to New York. Are you sure you want to do that? It's New York. Yeah, yeah, this is what I'm going to do. Cool. The phone call that I will never forget was the Bangkok phone call. She called and she's like, so I'm moving. Oh, cool, where are you headed? bangkok you're gonna do what <laughs> do you do you know any? what are you talking about so by the time the phone call came through for for
0: sweden we're like yeah okay that's about right
3: yeah uh, <laughs> sounds sounds good Sounds good. You're at least a little closer.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So so what does she say to convince you to finally come over?
3: Uh, to be honest, she did not say anything in particular to convince me. Lindsay has just been subliminally building the whole <laughs> path for you. Exactly. Honestly, Honestly, <laughs> my single greatest cheerleader in my entire <laughs> life. And she has always been there to kind of... Challenge me when I need to be challenged, and support me when I need to be supported. And you know, it's funny. She's she's been out in the world, and I've always been a little bit more of a homebody. That's just my vibe. Now I have a little wanderlust, just like everyone. I happened to build my professional life so that I was leaving the country at least, oh God, five, six, seven times a year for extended mm. periods of time. But I always came back to that little home base, thinking that that was what security was. Mm. And I think one of the coolest things that I've learned in the last year is that security is not found anywhere in any one thing. It's actually something that is just deeply inside of you if you Mm -hmm. can just cut through the crap and get to it. Uh, So Lindsay did not say anything in particular. She just happened to be the right cheerleader that I needed when I needed her to be there. And she happened to build something that made the jump a little bit easier for me.
2: But you're missing the biggest equation, like the biggest part of the equation. Talk to me. Of (laughs) why you will now stay forever. Uh, We call it the insurance policy. Insurance (laughs) policy.
0: (laughs) Yep. I'm going to guess it has to do with a Swedish guy. Oh, ding, ding, ding. (laughs) (laughs) We have a
3: winner. We have a winner. You know, it's funny. When you move to a new country, uh, building out your friend base and the people that you know and spend time with, uh, it's an interesting experience, right? And here's something that I have always been really... uh, I've always found important is that, you know, I didn't want my entire work life and social life and everything um, to have to be in the orbit of Lindsay, right? So, like, we have our personal sister relationship and it is, like, the single greatest relationship I have in my life. And working with her is an absolute dream. Um, And I think part of moving to a new country is also making sure that you have that little bit of autonomy, that, like, you create your own world for yourself. So that was really important to me and so going out and meeting people was really an, an important part of the puzzle so my sister-in-law i guess you would call her that Lindsay's yeah. sister-in-law johanna she's like you gotta join tinder <laughs> like just you never know who you're gonna meet you never know you're gonna meet a bunch of different people and you'll start going out to places and you'll meet friend groups and everything else and i'm like this is not my jam are you sure she's like just trust me do it for like a month or two and it'll be fine just try it um so he was my first date uh, <laughs> nice. that
1: is roi yeah. if i've ever seen it Amen. right like
2: if right don't trust nope. your experience like if, don't tell other people nope. that they're going to experience what you have no <laughs> <laughs> oh. we talk a
1: lot of, i have a lot of single friends we talk about tinder roi uh-huh. so yeah you uh-huh. just totally skewed the numbers I That's never going to be like that for anyone sorry
2: knocked it out of the park yeah.
3: i um yeah and he is an the best human i think i've ever met in my entire life so yes he is the uh i guess you could call him the insurance policy i feel very very lucky he is a he is a wonderful man and we have a beautiful life and i work in this incredible place with two of the people that i love most in the world in a city that i have come to absolutely adore and it is tough and it is difficult and it is you know, you scrap sometimes, and not everything is, you know, perfect every single day. But, man, this is actually a life that when I look at it, I see myself in it. And that was not the situation before.
0: Yeah. So can you give uh, people, like, instructions on where to find lamb and... How to learn more about it. Yes,
3: absolutely. So we have a beautiful website uh, at thisislam.com but we also we are available and around and if anybody ever has any questions,
0: we are so open about this place. i think the truth. F- forgotten to mention that you're on Drottninggarten right smack yeah. in the middle of Stockholm. So, so this is a
3: big thing. We are right <laughs> smack in the middle of Stockholm and like you say, it's hard to describe a place in a, in a podcast, but the truth is coming off of the busiest street right in the heart of Stockholm, you come into this space and you just feel that it is different. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is one of the reasons why we tell people, just come and feel Lamb, Because what we've built here is a brand new standard for what work can and should be, and you just have to feel it.
2: And if you want to feel it, you can always book a tour on our website and come with, and take a little round tour with Tori. Tori is the master tour giver and, uh, it's it's an experience in and of itself. <laughs> and once you take a tour, uh, then we also talk to you about all the different memberships that we offer. So we, we basically have three different memberships, and it's based on how often you want to be here. If you want to be here all the time, if you want to be here half-time, or if you only want to be here a couple times a month. Yeah. So... We're super flexible, and the whole idea is that you should be able to build your workday around what you need, not some other preconceived construct about what it should be.
3: We believe that uh, life is life, and life happens, and things shift and change, and uh, with that, we're actually one of the only places that has a 30-day binding clause. That's it. Um, Because we feel that you just need to come here and experience it. And yeah, it's a special place. It's changed my world. Changed my world. Yeah. (laughs)